0: What is up everyone? It's Quinn here back with another video. And today I'm gonna be talking about some first round running backs, and just more specifically, whether or not I'm going to be buying or selling them at their current ADP. I feel like this year is super interesting when it comes to different platforms and the differences we're gonna be seeing in ADP, because typically I kind of use underdog as like my baseline for where players are going especially in like sharper more competitive leagues but I do feel like this year the difference between like underdog ADP and some of the more casual platforms or like platforms you'd play with friends um, you know coworkers whatever it is platforms like ESPN Yahoo, I feel like the ADPs are going to be pretty significantly different. So in order to get the like ADPs or kind of like my mock ADPs for this video, I'm actually going to be combining ESPN ADP an underdog ADP, because I know in the majority of leagues that you guys are going to be playing in, like there's no shot the second running back going off the board is coming off at like pick eight or nine, which is what is happening on underdog. So kind of just combining these two and making, you know, like a, uh, I guess like a mid-level ADP for these running backs. So going to be talking about four running backs in today's video, and then just going through whether or not I like them at their price, would I view them as like a must have, or would I be avoiding them at this current ADP? So we're going to start it off with the uh, number one running back in terms of the uh, consensus ADP between ESPN and underdog, and that is going to be Christian McCaffrey. So on underdog, he's going off the board at the uh, 3.9 and then ESPN at the 4.5. So actually pretty similar on those two platforms. You combine those two, he's like the 402. It's like the fourth player off the board. And I want to start off by looking at Christian McCaffrey splits uh, with the Panthers. And then once he had joined the 49ers. So I actually took off the one game, kind of like the first one after he got traded. I believe it was like a Thursday night game against the Chiefs where he had like a day or two to prepare. He had a super small workload. So I just felt like that wasn't really representative of what we'd actually be seeing out of McCaffrey. So we have six games with the Panthers here. 10 games with the 49ers. As you can see, I mean, the numbers are impressive on both sides. 19.7 PPR points per game with the Panthers. That gets bumped up to 23 with the 49ers. He had uh, slightly more rush attempts per game with the 49ers, 14.9 compared to uh, 15.1. Slightly more efficient on the ground with the 49ers. He actually was targeted more per game with the Panthers at 7.2 compared to uh, 6.3. I'm guessing that makes sense when we just consider all the targets. Um, are all all the weapons that the uh, 49ers have. And then he was more efficient through the air with the 49ers. And then probably like the least shocking thing, the touchdown upside on this 49ers offense was much higher. He only scored three touchdowns in his six games with the Panthers. In his 10 games with the 49ers, he scored 10 touchdowns. So I think it's pretty obvious going to the 49ers definitely upped his fantasy ceiling. But I also think we have to look at the splits once he got to the 49ers between uh, Elijah Mitchell in the lineup and then Elijah Mitchell out of the lineup. Because if we're looking at these numbers, I'm not going to lie, I think they're a little bit concerning. I'm not like going to panic on this, but we can see that there's a significant difference between Elijah Mitchell in the lineup and Elijah Mitchell out of the lineup. So we had four games that Christian McCaffrey played with Elijah Mitchell. He averaged 15.3 PPR points per game, which if you're drafting him as the running back one, that is not great. And then only 10 and a half rush attempts per game, five and a half targets, only scored um, two touchdowns in those four games. So we see that the workload is definitely reduced when Elijah Mitchell was healthy, but in the six games without Elijah Mitchell, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was a monster. 28.2 PPR points per game, over 18 rush attempts per game, almost seven targets, and then 1.3 touchdowns per game. So I do think there's some concern that should be out there with that lower workload. But I'm really not super concerned about this. Over a full season, you know, with Christian McCaffrey there throughout this entire offseason, I just have to expect that even if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, he's going to be getting more than 15 to 16 opportunities per game. I felt like maybe the 49ers you know, kind of use that as a way to limit his workload, not run up the tread on his tires before they got to the playoffs. So I do agree with Christian McCaffrey being the RB1. I mean, just the fact that without much competition, he can be averaging close to 30 uh, PPR points per game is pretty wild. I think the 4.2 uh, combined ADP, I think that's a fair price. If he's like the third or fourth player off the board, you know, I think he's a solid value here. I think in most drafts, or pretty much, you know, at least half point PPR or PPR, I think Jefferson and Chase should be the first two off the board. If you're going McCaffrey three, four, anytime after that, I do think he's a solid pick. Um, especially if you're gonna be drafting on like ESPN or Yahoo, where running backs are gonna be super pushed up. Like you're gonna be getting dudes on underdog who are going in like the eighth round, you're gonna have to draft him in like round five. I think he's a really solid, like third overall pick. Um, but then when on underdog, you've got guys like Uh, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson going in round three. If you've got those guys available at like the 2-3 turn, it does make me consider maybe picking a guy like Tyreek Hill or Cooper Cup over Christian McCaffrey in that type of format. But I think in your normal leagues, Christian McCaffrey, you're getting them third, fourth overall. I do think he's a buy at this price. Now, the next running back is going to be Austin Eckler, and he actually has a pretty significant difference in his underdog ADP and his ESPN ADP. So on underdog, he's going off the board as the 9.7, and then on ESPN, he's at the 3.6. So I actually think he's the second player going off the board on ESPN leagues. There's like a you know competition between him, Jamar Chase, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. But on underdog, he's more of like a back-end first-round pick. So that makes his combined ADP around 6.7, so basically the middle of uh, round one. And I want to look at some splits with Austin Eckler when it comes to uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being in the lineup. And then Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being out of the lineup because I could see some people making the argument of like, oh, Chris McCaffrey has some concerns. Austin Eckler just turned in another great season. Why don't we just take Eckler over Chris McCaffrey? And I actually do think there's maybe some concern for Austin Eckler when it comes to the workload, at least in the receiving department, because we saw Austin Eckler operate as just a target funnel last season. He played in 13 games where at least one of Allen or Mike Williams were missing. And in those 13 games, he averaged 8.3 targets per game and almost a 20% target share. Now, I know it's a smaller sample size, but we have four games later on in the season. I think it was like week 15, 16, 17, 18. I think those were the weeks. But we had those four weeks where both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were healthy. And in those games, we saw Austin Eckler's targets per game fall from 8.3 to 4.8. And then his target share fell from 19.3 to 12.5. So I do think, just like the Christian McCaffrey with the Elijah Mitchell, it's a little bit concerning that those target numbers did kind of fall off. The interesting thing is is that in those four games, he actually really balled out fantasy-wise. Um, but it did help that he scored like six touchdowns in those four games. So that definitely kind of uh, carried his production. But even if the receiving work isn't as crazy as it was last season, I think his efficiency should increase with Herbert being fully healthy. Remember, Herbert was playing, but he was definitely limited. These receivers are going to be back. And even if one of them is banged up, we're going to have Quinton Johnston in the mix. So I think if you're in like an ESPN or Yahoo League, I'd be totally fine taking Eckler in the mid-first round. I'd be pretty happy taking Eckler in the uh, mid-first round. I think the issue is that if you're on ESPN and you're drafting him number two overall, for me, I would fade that. I would prefer to take Jamar Chase. Um, and then honestly, I would also prefer to take Christian McCaffrey. Looking at underdog's ADP, I think late first round is very fair. So I'm taking him at like his combined ADP. I'm taking him on underdog. Um, In terms of ESPN, if I have to get him number two overall, I'm gonna pass, but I think the general consensus is he's a uh, solid pick here. Now, my third running back is going to be Bijan Robinson, and his ADP is actually very similar on underdog and ESPN. Underdog, he's at the 8.9, ESPN, he's at the uh, 8.2, so pretty similar there. And now for Bijan Robinson, I feel like there's gonna be some people who are all in. They love the draft capital. They think he's gonna have a huge workload from day one, But I do think there's going to be some people out there who are concerned about him being a rookie. You know, we haven't seen him in the NFL. Why am I going to take him over a guy like Jonathan Taylor, maybe a Derrick Henry when they've proven it? And I just kind of want to show the uh, recent top 10 running back picks and their rookie fantasy numbers just to kind of see like... Are these guys overachieving as rookies? Are they underwhelming? You know, like, are we really willing to spend a a first round pick on one of these guys? So, since 2015, there have been five top 10 running back picks. That's not going to be including uh, Bijan Robinson. And so, we're going to start it off in 2018 with Saquon Barkley. So, Saquon goes number two overall as a rookie. He absolutely smashes. 24.1 ppr points per game that was tied for second in points per game and honestly that's crazy because 24.1 ppr points per game if that was last year the year before like that's clear cut running back one production if we're not including i think like derrick henry's half season except that might have been three years ago so 24.1 ppr points per game even though that's second like in most seasons that's going to be your running back one overall so saquon definitely hit as a rookie. Then we have uh, the 2017 class where we have both Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey going top 10. Leonard Fournette went at pick four, Christian McCaffrey at pick eight. We saw Leonard Fournette average 17.7 PPR points per game. That was a uh, seventh in points per game. Um, so a mid-tier running back one production, I feel like, you know, that's a win when we're looking at it. And then Christian McCaffrey, he was at 14.3 tied for uh, running back 12. Now the McCaffrey thing is interesting because it was kind of understood that he was going to be in a committee heading into the season. He wasn't going to be guaranteed this huge workload on the ground. So I think that kind of makes more sense. And then I think the year after was when he you know, pretty much exploded, was a high end running back one. And that's where he's been valued since then. Then in 2016, we had Ezekiel Elliott. He went pick four. He averaged 21.7 PPR points per game. So third in points per game. And then we have Todd Gurley in 2015, who was picked 10th averages uh, 16 PPR points per game and then fifth in uh, points per game that season. That season was kind of interesting because I think there were like four running backs ahead of him in points per game, but none of them really got to 10. Like there were dudes who played like four, six, seven, eight games that were ahead of him. So maybe we look at it more as like a back-end RB1. But in general, these guys have actually been pretty safe when it comes to their production. All of them have finished as uh, RB1s. In terms of points per game. And then we have seen some of these guys hit that elite ceiling, the Saquon Barkley's, the Ezekiel Elliott's, even Leonard Fournette getting in there as like a mid tier option. Same with Todd Gurley. So I don't really think it's fair to just completely fade Bijan Robinson because he's a rookie. Um, I think I have him as my running back too. You could really toss it up with him and eckler i think even jonathan taylor's in there but in my opinion if you're getting him as like the eighth or ninth pick in a fantasy draft i think that's very fair value i think that's a win we saw this falcons offense lead the nfl in rush attempts per game last season he's going to be walking into a huge workload on the ground and if we actually look back at the four games that desmond ritter started tyler algier had kind of taken over as their workhorse back in those four games he averaged 19.8 carries per game and 108 rushing yards per game. The Falcons went out and they spent a top 10 draft pick, you know, eighth overall on a significantly better running back than Tyler Algier to fill that same role. We also have Bijan Robinson who can catch passes, which I think also adds some uh, value to his upside. So if you wanted to go with an Eckler over Bijan, you know, you may not have the opportunity, honestly, in certain platforms. If you wanted to go with a JT, I could understand it but i do think Bijan robinson is firmly in this range and at least for me like i really can't put him any lower than rb4 and he's probably going to be my running back two heading into the season so i also think he's going to be a buy here i'm not really scared of the rookie running back thing like even for these guys they're finishing you know second third if you're ranking someone as the running back two there's not really much room for them to overachieve you know what i mean so if they're finishing rb3 rb4 rb5 I'm still kind of fine with that pick when we're looking back on it now the fourth running back i have here and the final one is going to be jonathan taylor and he actually didn't really end up inside the first round with my combined adp so on underdog he's going at the 15.8 so like an early second and then espn he's actually right at like the 2-3 turn with an adp of 11.9 so his combined adp was 13.9 so not technically in the first round but you know he's close enough somewhere on that turn And so jonathan taylor was pretty much the uh i wouldn't say consensus maybe but the most popular 101 pick last season he ends up kind of flopping 13.3 ppr points per game was the running back 18 in points per game and to be totally honest like i'm not really taking a ton away from last season he dealt with injuries the colts offense offensive line just kind of fell apart i don't really see any of those things kind of carrying over to this season we know that when Jonathan Taylor is healthy, he is one of the best running backs in the NFL and is pretty much the same player as in 2021. You're now getting him at the 1-2 turn instead of having to spend the 101 overall for him. So I think that's pretty solid. I've talked about this quarterback situation a bunch in terms of like how it relates to Jonathan Taylor. I think there's pros and cons for both Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. If you get Richardson in there, he's probably going to vulture some goal line opportunities, maybe less receiving work with a more mobile quarterback. But I think Jonathan Taylor's efficiency with them running the read option would just be absurd. With uh, Gardner Minshew, he would dominate the goal line touches um, and would probably see some more receiving work. Maybe the efficiency isn't as great, but I think he's a great option with you know either of those guys at quarterback. So I think this is a very fair price for Jonathan Taylor. I'm honestly surprised his ADP is at like the one-two turn on ESPN. I kind of thought he'd be pushed up a little bit more, but he wasn't. So you could be getting a value there on Jonathan Taylor. Now, just to kind of recap, for the most part, I think all four of these players are solid values that they're like combined ADPs. Like I said, I think it's going to be interesting at the top. Um, I think in certain leagues, you're going to be getting guys like Christian McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, JT, Henry, Saquon. Like you're going to have leagues where all of those dudes are getting picked in round one. And then in other leagues, you might have, you know, just CMC, Bijan, and Eckler, maybe just CMC and Bijan, or just CMC and Eckler. Like, I think the difference in where running backs are going to be picked is going to be pretty extreme this year, which I think just makes it even more important to kind of understand the platform you're playing on, your platform's ADP, and then just kind of like how your league mates are feeling heading into drafts. So that is going to uh, wrap it up for this one. I'm gonna be doing a similar style of video for first round wide receivers. So if you enjoyed this one, stay tuned for that. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.